The Process, a podcast about creativity and experimental music. In the world of experimental music, outcomes and accolades for creators can be uncertain and at times seem far and few between. Therefore, creators and practitioners of experimental music must embrace the one thing they will always have complete control over, the process. This podcast aims to understand this creative process by listening to new works and discussing them with their creators. Each episode focuses on one creator and their music. Understanding how and why they create can inform aspiring creatives and help audiences better understand and navigate experimental music. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of experimental music, creativity, and the human need to find purpose in their world and lives. This is The Process. Tim Hall, everybody. studying his Bible and I can get an extra hour of sleep. The smoky smell of hickory, earth, wind, and fires, September, and cocky laughter meant my dad was full of himself and I was eating barbecue that day. Ooh, this tastes good, was my cue to run upstairs for a fresh sampling of his creamy mac and cheese right out of the oven. Tim Hall is a musician and performance poet from Detroit, Michigan, now residing in Boston. His poetry draws inspiration from his lived experiences, charting the nuances of blackness, masculinity, and the beauties of life. He has performed at Boston's Hub Week, the Museum of Fine Arts, New Orleans Museum of Arts, Bridge and Gaps Festival, and many other venues and poetry slam communities around the greater Boston area. As a musician, Hall has shared stages with recording artists such as The Nappy Roots, Carolyn Malachi, Chris Turner, and Aloe Black. His work has been experienced through his spoken word EP, Colors of My Soul, and self-published book, Trust the Process. 
He is an assistant professor at Berklee College of Music in the Professional Music Department, was nominated for Session Musician of the Year by the Boston Music Awards 2018-2019, received a 2019 Artist Luminary Award from local youth arts nonprofit Zoomix, and was honored by WBUR's Artery 25 as one of 25 millennials of color impacting arts and culture in Boston. It starts with an inner interaction, whether that's an interaction with a thought, um, an interaction with a memory, me seeing something and looking at something, hearing something, a conversation. Like it, it starts with some kind of catalytic engagement. Where that goes, it also is depending on where I'm at emotionally, mentally, because those things, like, I don't think of it as like, oh, where I'm at creatively, because I think that my creativity is so connected to my emotional, mental, and physical space in, in, those, in those moments. An example is like, I was walking at the Arboretum, and I just see this plot of land with trees surrounding them, but it has a lot of like weeds and they were purposefully encouraging people not to go and walk over there because I think they were trying to get the vegetation to grow freely. I just was like, yo, I want one, I have been wanting to do a public installation for a while. um, But like just that location, just kind of like I started to visit vividly imagine things. Um, For me, it was very much connected to a lot of the pain with black bodies being killed, particularly during COVID, being that we're also in isolation. To be a black person during this time and to be seeing and experiencing what's going on politically, systemically, um, racially in, in America, and then to also have pandemic going on that yeah. requires you to self-isolate is probably one of it's, it's been like the most challenging thing for me in my life to sit with as an adult. Um, and to th- what I like saw was like, what does it look like to picture, what is, what is an artistic representation of like what lynchings look like in the public for 2020? Like, what does that potentially look like? Yeah. It, it just, the, the, the lot made me think of a, just it, it, it just it all of these things started to vividly like pop up for me and I, and I just kind of went down a spiral of of what that looks like and then from there it went to oh let me look into some grants let me talk to collaborators that I know have done public installations let me look at like what public installations have already been done that are an artistic representation of like slavery or these things that have happened during those periods you're immediately drawn to some of the real systemic issues and problems that we have in this country. You look at the woods and see these murders. That's a lot of emotion. There's got to be a lot of anger. There's got to be a lot of frustration. So that seemed to be, so that got you then, you didn't go to the saxophone. You didn't go to, uh, you know, you didn't start thinking about text. 
you know, you, you didn't think about a poem. You said you went to the idea of a grant. Often it goes, initially goes to, is this something that I want to do from like of me, of like Tim Hall, the artist, and then of the artist, which, what, what, uh, you know, what door? <laughs> is that the poet door? Is that the saxophonist door? Is that the composer door? Is that the, you know, and for me, I think it particularly connected to um, a like public art installation that like I've been thinking about for a while over the, I mean, I've probably been thinking about doing a public art installation for the last year or so. Um, and just haven't either I'm, I've been like overly busy and haven't really been able to give that, that way of thought, or I have all of these other things going on that I'm like, are maybe a little more priority. There's already some work happening that some of it is like I, that idea it, it came, it didn't go. It's not like it came and went, like it's still there, still sure. present. I just realized that like, yo, that becomes another idea to explore once I have the time or capacity. So I might store that away somewhere. It seems endless. When you have a creative idea, the op- the opportunities or the way to express that seem endless. I, I would be personally, if it was like, well, wait, should I write a poem? Should I... Uh, do something on the saxophone? Should I write, compose a piece? Should I set up an opportunity for my business? Like, you know, if I even just, even two of those options mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. would be overwhelming. Do you thrive on that? This idea that I could just kind of go any way? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I love it. I can do all of those things in one project. Yeah. Like I don't have to choose, oh, I'm just gonna write or, oh, I'm just gonna compose a piece or, oh, I'm just gonna do a visual I can do all of those components in one project and hire my company in to do the production. And I I can like put those things into perspective and start to create a plan to then go to action. Or I can recognize and say like, yo, all of the things going on for where I want this project to go, it's not, Mm -hmm. not right now. But I know that once I'm ready, I'll be able to put all of the things in order to to make it happen. I love the idea of even if you're not going to write a grant, but you write a description. And so you start sort of, at least from what you're saying, you start with this concept. And the Mm -hmm. concept may be a saxophone idea. It may be a composer idea. Or like you said, it may be an opportunity for all those things. The next time I have a creative idea, I'm going to try that. I'm going to write a description first. That thing where Mm -hmm. like, what is this? When when the grant committee's like, okay, wait, why are we going to give you this money? What are you doing? And you're like, well, it's going to be a circus with, you know, <laughs> and there's going to be the pyrotechnics and then there'll be somebody playing right, cello. Right, and I'm going to have dolphins, <laughs> you know, and it's going to be, you know, it'll be dolphins, but yeah. there'll be like land yeah. dolphins. So, you know, like. <laughs> land dolphins. <laughs> and we'll stream the whole thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Some good music, a mouthful of food and a smile on my face was his saving grace. It was his way of showing me why I should be proud of my name. That life is about love and faith. That my word is the most important commitment I can ever make. And if I can get a woman to smile with some creamy mac and cheese, then I can share the same beautiful moment with my kids someday. I want to talk about Dad Did, which mm-hmm. is a piece of music that immediately it's a very intimate setting for uh, this performance. I think it was on the So Far uh, series. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, first of all, what this piece is, um, maybe just from a really practical standpoint, uh, who's playing in it and what's the instrumentation? That did was about my father, it was about 
kind of like growing up in that environment, um, what, you know, inspirations um, came from our, our growth together and how I've been able to, to develop my own self-understanding. And then in terms of the musicians, um, Chris Hamblin, the keyboard player, um, and then the drummer is Danny Moreno. Not that it really matters, but what is this piece? Is it, is it jazz? Is it, and, and, and I know that doesn't really matter. It's always like for, for musicians and composers, we're like, yeah, it's just what I wrote, uh -huh. man. Like, I don't, I don't know. Right. But like, people want to know. And where did you come up with that idea for the idea of keeping that traditional jazz sort of head and, you know, at the start and the end, but then having dialogue in the center? That live version is different than what's on my EP. And the EP is a little more like hip hop influenced in terms of the beat. Um, and the cadence of the drums. Um, but even then, it has the same form where there's intro into, yeah, A, B, and C parts. So they're kind of like broken up into three different parts. We have kind of like the intro. That's kind of the intro, as to say, would be A. Then it goes into the change, which is um, B. And then it goes into C is like kind of like the, the verse in the sense, but that's like an extended verse and it goes back between C as the consistent verse and then B the change da, na, 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 na. that happens three times throughout the song. I see to kind of break up um, the text almost. So then you almost have, yeah, like to break it up and it, it creates some movement in a different direction for where I'm going with the song. I remember the long drives down I-75 to Savannah. Mom and little brother passed out in the backseat and dad ranting about his glory days. How he had this huge collection of albums and dabbled on the trombone. I learned about my past on these trips. That music was a time machine shaping the way we viewed the world, our tour guide and a lifelong escapade. I learned that music was the muse of my birth, with pockets of soul and rhythm plastered together in brick-sized soundbites. We listened to Miles. Coltrane and Quincy, blues and fusion, hip-hop and blackness. My dad used music to open my eyes to a life I was meant to live. I gained the courage to be the me I was most afraid of. Be the voice I never thought I had. Be the salvation sometimes forgot to pray about. Be a beautifully scored masterpiece etched into the memory banks of everyone I would meet. Who would have thought? This nervous, fourth grader with a heart to make his father proud would turn into this man full of love and faith with a commitment as strong as his word and the ability to cook a smile on that special woman's face. My dad. He did. I really just think it's positive. I love this idea that if people are asking me back, I'm doing something right. You know, it's it's right. those like one time gigs where you're like, huh, yeah, that was a good show. I thought I never heard from them again. Mm -hmm. Like, what's that about? Yeah, yeah, and it's the little stuff. It's the like, it's kind of like those little. What are those small wins that you get over you know the course of of your time and particularly as relates to your career that you can hopefully focus on, and that becomes the reason why you continue forward. I mean, the reality is that there's also a lot of no. Like, there's a <laughs> there's a lot of no there's a lot of like why did i sign up for this <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of like did i just like agree to do a four-hour gig for 50 bucks what in the crap you just start saying there is like still three hours two hours left 
an hour right. and a half, and, you, you just know, count it down. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And even like, as I think about it, like, there's still like, yo, in high school, I was making $50 a Sunday and there's still things where like, I'm still gigs where like, I'm, it still might be free or 50 bucks. Um, but I've gotten to the point where I've also built a list of relationship, uh, relationships first, built relationships and created a list to be able to share gigs that I'm not able to do. Maybe it's something that is, you know, I'm, I'm not able to do, or maybe there's, you know, there's musicians out there, other saxophonists who are further, they're closer to the entry level, getting their feet wet, just starting out that, yeah, the $50 two hour gig for background music, it may not be a lot of money, but they're in a position where it makes sense for their growth. So I'm going to pass off that gig to them. Or it might be, you know, a $600 gig where I, it's a lot of money, I would take it, but I'm double booked and I need to find a musician that is at the skill level that will like make me look good <laughs> in a way, but like will also do the job, like will will we'll do the job and it's also worth their time. The money is worth their time. So I'm going to pass it off to individuals in my circle, also kind of like based on where they, you know, might be at within their career that that's fitting. Um, it, it makes sense. And I think that's also important because sometimes it's not about you getting the gig. It's about you being in relationship with the person who's, who's booking the yeah. gig. And if you are trustworthy, they're going to come back to you right. later. They, you know, I'm also, if, I passed off a gig that like somebody else does a standout job and does it better than me. And to the point where that person now just books that other musician, then I'm cool with it. Like somebody now got a gig. But like you said, your word, your word is so important. So if you do yeah. give them yeah. somebody that ends up supplanting you, yeah. you're like, well, you know what? That Take was still, <laughs> that was good advice. And your words still stand. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. At the very least, I'm now, they see me as a trustworthy person that's, that has trustworthy relationships and has like a quality relationship with individuals in the industry that allow them to do the things that they need to get done. So for me, it's also like building my own capacity while also as I grow and develop, recognizing my worth, recognizing that like there are also, there are now gigs that I can pass up because I'm not, it's not that I'm better than them. It's that I don't need them to sustain me much, as much as like somebody else might need that. Cause I've figured out other things in my, in my world and my ecosystem that sustain me enough to not have to do the game. Um, so I think along with developing like your own craft and your musicianship and, and whatnot, it's about also cultivating a community and building relationships because I also get called for gigs where I'm like, wow, why did they think of me for this? There's like, I can, there's a list of better saxophonists that I think. Well, would, there's that imposter again. There's that imposter again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That imposter. Yeah. And I'm thinking like what I bring to the table isn't just my musicianship. Right. It's yeah. me. It's my personality. It's my energy. Absolutely. It's my network. It's my connections. It's the, you know, it's the attitude that I also bring to the table and I, that is a part of the package. And I think as I've developed a sense of my own worth, I also account for that as I increase my prices for session work or increase my prices for, you know, one-off gigs and so forth. It's like, 
if you're booking me for a gig to play on your record, you're not just booking me to play on that record. For me, what comes with me is also promotion. I'm promoting the crap out of that record because I'm sure. on it. Sure. You know, <laughs> like I'm putting that on my yep. newsletter. I'm putting that on my Spotify created personalized Spotify playlist of songs that I'm featured on because when people reach out to me to book me, I'm like, Hey, here's a Spotify playlist of all songs that are on Spotify that I'm the featured saxophone song. You can see my work there and so forth. So you're not just booking a session musician, you're booking Tim Hall, the brand who's also going to push and promote and further along this thing. So as I've started to develop that focus on like me, it started to actualize in some of these other ways. Um, so here's the thing. I'm still a little bit nervous about this idea right. that if right. I were you, I would have all these creative outlets. I would have all these directions I can go in. So how do you, in your process, focus your yourself? How do you, what is your, do you have like a regiment? Do you get up every day and say from this time to this time, I do this, I do that. Is it more open? Is it more loose? Like how do you keep it all on track? When you figure that out, I mean, I would love. <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, it is focus. I would say is been accordion of things like the idea that like my focus is like super distracted to hyper focus, and it like I like an accordion, and I'm still figuring it out. I think that every year I refine what that focus looks like. I think more specifically, particularly within the last three years. I think like 2018 was the year where I told myself, I had to like re- rearrange my thinking and my language around, I'm not trying to be a full-time artist. I am. Like 2018 was like, I am. For me, it's been great to recognize that one, I've been privileged in terms of all the things going on in my life that allow me to make that focus happen. But also I think it's particularly the acknowledging the validation, the, the acknowledging these moments of like, Tim, you're doing something right. People like it. Continue to do that thing. You don't have to do much else. You just have to continue and then you have to refine. So for me, I'm now at a point where it's refinement. How do I like refine my processes? The focus and the refinement need to start. And that's where I think that's where I'm at currently is like really working on that refinement to focus on the different things that I need to do to, to take my artistry to the next level. This has been fantastic. I love the clarity uh, of some things and I love the honesty about maybe some of the things that 
are still in process that you're still figuring out. Before I let you go, where's a place that people can find out more about you and your music? If you go to my Instagram page, I'm TV underscore hall on Instagram. There, in my bio, there's a link tree link, and that has a list of my music, my newsletter. I mean, the big thing would be follow my newsletter. That would be great. We'd love for folks to, to follow my newsletter for, you know, just updates, special releases, early releases, early announcements, and stuff like that. Um, but also my link tree has, like, the Dad Did video in my EP in my, my book. Um, my book, Trust the Process, is on lulu.com, um, so you can purchase it there. And then other, other than that, you know, you can follow my, my company, Hipstery, HIP Story, The Hipstery on Instagram. There's a number of things that you can also kind of like connect in, in terms of connect with me around um, the things I'm doing with those, with Hipstery and then just in general myself. I do have some music that's on the works. Um, this year I'll be releasing a couple of singles, so some, some stuff on the way. Thank you to Tim Hall for sharing his music and being honest about his creative process. If you enjoyed this episode, please listen to other episodes in the series. And as always, like, subscribe, and leave a comment on your preferred podcasting app. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and this has been The Process.